Hello, and welcome to Kidding Around, a kid health podcast for everyone who touches the life of a child, with your host, Dr. Candice, a pediatrician whose passion is kids' health. Each episode, Dr. Candice chats with other experts in the field of pediatrics to talk about things you want to know about babies, children, and teens. You can listen to these podcasts whenever you like on her website at drcandicemd.com. That's drcandicemd.com. Click on the podcast tab to listen to it on iTunes and or SoundCloud. You can also follow Dr. Candice on social media, Facebook or Twitter at drcandicemd. Once again, welcome to Kidding Around, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Dr. Candice, thank you so much for listening. Today we are talking about children overcoming adversity, beating the odds, meeting the challenge head on, making it and becoming successful even later later in life as an adult. And my guest is a social worker. His name is Mr. Ronnie Sidney, and he is the founder of Creative Medicine. Is that correct? Yes, he'll yes. work. And he also, I'm bringing him on the show because he wrote a great uh, graphic novel, a, a great book. It's called Nelson Beats the Odds. And he also has an app. So we're going to talk about all of those things today, including how he overcame adversity as a child and became this awesome social worker and is now helping um, people to deal with their kids in this situation and to let them know that uh there's hope you can you can make it basically right yes yes right so welcome mr ronnie sydney thank you so much for coming to kid around with me and talk to us about your book and your app today thank you for inviting me so we're going to jump right in tell us about your story what inspired this book your life what happened um and tell us and we'll go into the book later but just tell us about your story and how it inspired the book yes uh, well i grew up in a small town called tappahannock virginia uh, the counties, Essex County. And when I was in third grade, I was referred to special education uh, due to some attention issues and also some learning issues. And um, that's when the whole process of identification um, began. Mm-hmm. So um, I started in third grade. In fifth grade, I moved to the middle school and um, I received an IEP and um, I was placed in resource in a resource special education class. So I only had to go to special education class once a day but as i got older i started to realize and feel the stigma of being in special education so i started feeling you know ashamed of having a learning attention issue and also ashamed of going to the classroom right and um seventh grade sixth grade actually i met a former my former special education teacher who was really supportive and really encouraging um and come in comparison to my general education teachers mm-hmm. so I found, even though i found being in her class embarrassing i found her to be just a wonderful advocate and support for me not just in school but even um, as an adult and we reconnected once i graduated high school and um i had honored her and six other former teachers uh, who had played an instrumental role in you know me becoming successful and 
we reconnected on Facebook and she had encouraged me to tell my story. She had saw that I was doing more speaking engagements and mm-hmm. graduate my master's. So I said, what better way to tell my story than do a children's book? And that's when I reached out to um, illustrators and Imagine That Design, who, who has done you know, my four books, they mm-hmm. said they were interested in that. The editor, he, well, I'm sorry, not the editor, but the designer for the book and the co-founder of that company had dyslexia. So I thought that was a perfect match um, with him having dyslexia and me having, you know, the learning and attention issues to partner for a book that really talked about sort of the emotionality of disability from the perspective of someone who had went through that, that struggle. Absolutely. That's powerful. So tell me a little bit more. So I'm guessing I'm a pediatrician. You know that. I'm guessing that you were diagnosed with ADHD. Yes. Okay. Were there any other diagnoses? Um, well, the rest of them were just, it just was learning, the learning issue, um, mm-hmm. the learning dis- and the ADHD were the two that they gave. Right. But um, I researched more. It wasn't really, um, they didn't break it down in right. terms of dysgraphia or dyslexia. They just said learning disabled. So I'm actually still learning more about myself as an adult and just really learning more about special education. Um, and just me talking to teachers now and comparing it to special education, then it seems like um, things have definitely improved yes. in terms of diagnosing and also being aware of some of the testing and how biased racially it could be. So I'm definitely thankful to see that, you know, there's been some changes and the way that we're diagnosing it and labeling it. Right. And we want to help parents. The reason why I ask you that is not to put you on the spot, but you're 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 being very vulnerable and open to share your story to help others. So knowing that name and that diagnosis may identify and help another parent who's listening to this podcast and who's going to get your book. So also, how did that show up for you? So things kind of unfolded around third to fifth grade, but I can imagine there were some things going on in your life. You said attention, um, you said some learning that maybe you got behind on your learning. You wasn't learning as easy or on, on um, I guess, on the same path as most of the other kids were. Were there any behavioral concerns? What? Just tell our audience what you were struggling with, what you heard from your mom and your teachers that you were struggling with, so they can pick up on those things if they're seeing it in those their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, one of the main pieces was organization. I had mm-hmm. a really hard time staying organized. I had a hard time um, writing my work down. I had, my handwriting was also a huge uh, challenge for mm-hmm. my teachers and my parents because it was hard to read and I would rush a lot with my work. So when I take a test, I you know, miss questions or I get questions wrong because I didn't want to read the whole passage or read all the answers. Um, I just found myself being really talkative with other students, having a hard time, easily distracted in class, yes. um, had a hard time like focusing on you know what we were working on. I didn't like wearing my glasses, which I talked about in my book, which I think probably contributed to some of the, the you know, inattentiveness and some of the distractiveness. Um, also, in terms of just the hyperactivity part, right. my mom, they used to call me Pluck because my mom used to pluck me when I got <laughs> too hyper. <hyphen. laughs> uh, and I was always a talkative social person. And I think they all sort of just contributed to um, being identified early. Uh, because of the, you know, the talking, the playing, the easily distracted, the poor handwriting, 
um, there's a number of things. But yes. I think the organization is probably the one part that I think uh, my special education teacher really focused on helping me with. And it's something I still struggle with today is, you know, because I like to multitask. Right. And if you have organizational skills, that could be very challenging. So right. I've also found technology to be very helpful to um, computers and typing. Mm-hmm. Not just in the way that it can be read, but also how I can organize and structure my thoughts and ideas, which doing it on paper was tough because uh, you sort of limited to the spacing and also my handwriting wasn't very clear. Mm-hmm. And um, with computers, you can sort of, you know, type things and move down a few lines and leave yourself some white space. Right. Sort of the thoughts. So you're but a I, yeah, huge, huge um, support. Yeah, so you're a wonderful example. You know, people often ask me, do you outgrow this? Does it go away? Or I'm, I'm an adult now. It's gone. I don't have it anymore. Um, but you're a wonderful example. Now, everybody's different, but you are a wonderful example of how you have learned yourself. You're still learning yourself. You have learned ways to cope because we all have little idiosyncrasies, right? Um, And so you've learned what your limitations are, what your weak points are, and you've learned coping skills and ways to overcome those things. And I think that's so important for you to be successful in life and, you know, how you got through a master's level social work program. I mean, you you did that, (laughs) right? (laughs) You found ways to get around your your, uh, limitations, basically. So while you're talking about that, you basically said that because I was going to ask you about the message that you had for kids who are dealing with ADHD or learning disabilities or who are in special education. So I heard that loud and clear, you know, having a sense of pride, um, not falling down that slippery slope of feeling sorry for yourself, not giving up, defying others, uh, less than expectations of you. That's so powerful. Who helped instill that in you? So along the way, you mentioned some people already it sounds like your mom it sounds like this wonderful teacher that you got around sixth grade um, tell us how they helped you specifically for instance with your mom how did she specifically help you to, to feel that pride and to fight and fight adversity and never to give up and also the, the teacher that you had uh, my mother she she just always told me that I was smart she made me you know believe that she made sure that I knew that and um, she really just spoke to my strengths. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with my teacher. I was I was really aware of my deficits. Um, in my t- <laughs> a lot of my teachers and peers made that really clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as strengths, those were things that weren't always, you know, um, embellished or yes. weren't always, you know, put on as far as teachers really seeing that. It was something that was elusive to some teachers. So. I think they always looked at me from a strange perspective. And, you know, as far as the things that I need help on, they um, talked about it in a way where I didn't feel like they were coming from me or they were judging me. It was more so in a really encouraging way. And, you know, like I said about the pride, um, it's not that hard to offend me <laughs> because I am really sensitive about a lot of things so mm-hmm. i'm really offended by certain things and i think kids who who have those challenges they are you know really sensitive to how people you know words like retarded or mm-hmm. slow different different term terminology right. the way that people treat them like um you know they don't expect them to do anything or they don't 
you know, right. think that and you know overcome a certain limitation, um, it does impact right. you know, personally. And you know, for me, they never made me feel like that. They made me feel capable, and they made me feel that you know I could you know do anything that I wanted. And you know, I think that's what really helped me too. The school had my teachers had two teachers in third grade who had. Uh, were the first ones to bring it to their, you know, attention and to sort of bring it to the school's attention um, in third grade. But even looking at my kindergarten report card, it was some of the same comments, you know, that I've seen in my, you know, later grade, you know, terms of, in terms of the different behaviors. But um, they actually also wanted my parents to place me on medication, which that was something that my parents didn't agree with. My mother was a nurse and, and when she just understood medication and like I said she didn't see me any different than any other kids so she didn't you know go for the medication but they did think the special education could help me you know in terms of you know academically and, and being able to reach reach, right. reach those different academic levels right so you and your family went through the same thing most families go through like I said again especially struggling with when to start medications if we're going to start medication um hanging in there with the services. Um, I think a lot of times we um, want to see some results pretty quickly and it just doesn't happen. And you have to hang in there because we know, I mean, ever did you guys quit your services or not get your services? Do you feel like you got all the services you needed? Sounds like maybe some OT or fine motor skills for handwriting, um, behavior plan, those types of things were they put in place for you at with your IEP? Yeah, yeah, the IEP they put, I didn't get the OT part, but they mm -hmm. put a lot of, um, like they said that, you know, I should, you know, type on a computer mm -hmm. and, and uh, they put some different organizational skills, things like using the divider to divide right. the work. Um, so I wanted to um, uh, move forward and talk more about the book and your app, because I think the book also talks about all the things we were just speaking on. So the book, Nelson Beats the Odds, you said you have some other books that I must don't know about. So you yeah. can tell us about those. But the one particular that I saw and was a great um, thing was Nelson Beats the Odds. So tell us about the book. So Nelson Beats the Odds. My middle name is Nelson. So I wanted to create a semi-autobiographical story that told my story and also the story of um, a lot of kids with disabilities throughout the country and the world. Uh, so Nelson, he begins the book in trouble with his teacher, Miss Gronkowski, and she's moving his desk around the classroom. She's calling his parents. She's setting up a IEP meeting. She's she's doing everything that she can as an educator to figure out what is what is wrong with Nelson. Mm -hmm. And um, in the book, you see some different themes. Like I try to talk about like cultural responsiveness. And I have two teachers in the book, Mrs. Gronkowski and Mr. Stevenson, who aren't very culturally responsive and um, are pretty aggressive in terms of the way that, you know, they, they handle Nelson or, you know, instruct him. And I also had Mrs. T, which is my former special education teacher. And I have these different, you know, characteristics of teachers because I think oh, it's yeah. really important that, that educators are aware of the ways that, you know, that implicit or explicit bias plays in terms of their relationships with their students. Right. And um, I think about my relationship with my former special education teacher and how, you know, even reading my comments on old report cards, how hard I worked for her compared to some of the other teachers uh -huh. I had. And a lot of it was about expectations and also the way that they related to me. Yes. Uh, so I really want, 
the, I want the book to serve as not just a book for kids, but also a tool for educators and administrators and parents to really get that 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 holistic, you know, outlook on the kid. That social, and I think that social emotional piece is oftentimes lost in the sauce yes. when it comes to special education students. And I think it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Uh, so the book is really like it's the Nelson B. Styles is really about kids, you know, feeling and knowing that they have the the, the tools to overcome the challenges and the, and the right people supporting them to help them overcome their challenges. Um, and it's just a motivational story from Nelson, you know, having trouble in class and him graduating college and giving a speech. Um, do you have a lot of people re- reaching out to you um, because they identify with your story? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, my story is, it's just, it's going viral. Um, Amazing. It's just something that, you know, it's, it's almost like that the underdog Mm-hmm. And I think a lot, of, there's a lot of kids out here, you know, and, and, and it's not even a race thing. It's really just, you know, I think special kids with different abilities are just always underestimated. Yes. Undervalued. And it's almost like fighting the current, um, you know, in terms of that. So, you know, not just kids, but adults. I've had several adults, you know, reach out to me who went through that whole process and mm-hmm. talk about some of the shame they experienced and, you know, how they had teachers who just didn't see that value but how they were able to overcome it. And I will always encourage them to share their stories. I don't think we realize how powerful our stories are and how, you know, inspiring they are to, you know, the kids who are coming up now. Because the one thing about, you know, shame is that you isolate yourself mm-hmm. and you don't see the positive qualities in right. yourself. You don't always see the, the 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 gold pot at the end of the rainbow. Right. So important for, for people who, who've been through that to really you know instill that in, in teens and young young people not even teens but even younger than that you know kids in elementary middle school that's um, right that hope is is really all all kids have is is feeling like they have hope for a better future a better tomorrow you know more opportunities and you know for me i was just blessed to have that you know having parents introduce me to different things and seeing my parents graduate college as a, as a kid was, mm-hmm. was a real, Powerful, wonderful um, role model. Yes, role and, and an image, and yes. I think that's really what my app came in at is is allowing you know giving kids opportunity to see themselves in the Catholic game. I see love that, it. For themselves to see them to put their face in the illustration, and it was actually a lady I met at a conference before my book was released, and she had asked me to have a page in the book where kids could crop out Nelson's face and you know glue their own face on it. Wow. I thought, well, do that and create an app because kids apps are more accessible to kids mm-hmm. they're also really popular so you know I wanted to create a self esteem app because like I said the social emotional piece is a piece that schools really don't deal too much in because they're more academic focused but I think it's a huge piece and a huge right. motive you know, or deterrent you know, if it's not addressed to yeah. a kid I think we need to get to teaching the whole child there are some schools that do it um, there are some different ways of teaching that do it, but we have to teach to the whole child and, and, and not just be stuck on academics, absolutely. And we also have to individualize school for each child. And that's something that a lot of traditional setting schools do not do well. So that I, you said that. <laughs> what, what's the name of the app? And how do, you, how do you get the app? How do you work the app? It's, it's called the Nelson Bestiage Comic Creator app, and it's right now I only have it out in the App Store for Apple okay. products on iPads and iPods, and it's a free app. 
And you can actually read Tamika's new dress and Nelson BCI's on the app for free. Okay. So once you download it, you can the whole the whole thing is free. Um, and it's a pretty it's a pretty cool. It took me about a year to get every all the bells and whistles worked out, but um, we got everything worked out, and um, hopefully we can make some updates. We had another book come out, so hopefully we can add that to, wow. to that. Wow, that's amazing. That's that's a, a goal of mine. I think we I talked to you about so. I definitely will be touching base with you in the future. So for the app, you said it's free. It's on Apple. The title, once again. Nelson BCI's Comic Creator app. Oh, well, it's right. Nelson BCI's Comic Creator, and uh, it should pull up. Okay. And so, like you said, they are able to create their own. So they can create their own comics. So there's a panel part where you can add four or five pictures in there, and you can add um, captions and word bubbles and you can add characters from the book on the picture with you. You can, you know, add different emojis. Uh, there's different filters. Mm. It's almost like Snapchat minus the video. Okay. Um, but also, and there's also like 10 illustrations from Nelson BCI's and Tamika's New Dress that you can add your face to and then add captions to that photo. Awesome. So I appreciate you coming to chat with me today. This was powerful, powerful information. Uh, dual messages to the, to the kids in special education to stand strong and have self-confidence and self-esteem. Messages to parents to help your child build that. They have to have it because they're already struggling, like you said, with being embarrassed or being shamed in the particular situation they're in. So you at home have to praise them up tell them they're great do everything you can to be in their corner not you know i do have some parents that don't do that so well and and and, and they are part of breaking down their child's pride and self-esteem because of the struggle of their diagnoses so we really want to send the message don't do that because once they get to school they already have people that are doing that right and yeah. then for teachers and counselors who are working with these kids, be positive. Again, praise them. Tell them they can do it. Find a way to do it. There's a way to do it. It's not, we all know it's not easy, but give them some extra options, some alternatives so that they feel like they have a choice to excel how they want to excel. But thank you. And I will be reading the book and, and, and shouting out um, the app and all of that stuff on my social media pages. Thank you for your support. I will be su supporting in return. And thank everybody for listening. Mr. Ronnie Sidney. Um, the book is Nelson Beats the Odd. The app is Nelson Beats the Odd. Uh, Comic Creator. Comic Creator. Can't remember. I'm forgetting. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. Have a great day. Remember to take a kid health moment. And we'll talk soon. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and learned something today that will help you keep your kids happy and healthy. Let Dr. Candice know by subscribing to her podcast on her website at drcandicemd.com. Feel free to leave her any comments and or questions. You never know who may be on the next show. If you have a direct question, you can also email her at info at drcandicemd.com. That's info at drcandicemd.com. Thanks for listening. And Dr. Candace will kid around with you soon.